Hey, thanks so much for watching or listening. Real quick, I just want to say thank you for just being consistent each and every week, whether you're listening on demand or watching on demand or whether you're watching live uh, through the live stream on Sundays. I just want to say thank you. I know this hasn't been easy. I can't wait for us to get together again on Sunday mornings, but in the meantime, we've been working on ways to do in-person gatherings. There's groups that are happening. So there are ways to stay connected. I encourage you to stay connected. Well, this week we opened a brand new series called No Place Like Home. We're going to be looking at a letter that Peter wrote. But I will tell you, man, there's been plenty of change that we've experienced since March 9th. And I say March 9th because that was the Monday at the last Sunday that we met together at the school. And it's so interesting that life still hasn't changed. I mean, life is still changing. Life just hasn't stopped. Things are still happening. Uh, as we dive into the fall, there's school, there's work, there's an election coming up. And yes, there's holidays that are just around the corner. But here's the thing that hasn't stopped. Relationships. There are relationships, whether our marriage or dating, kids, work, school, church. Relationships are still happening. We still need to work on our relationships and what we want to do is we want to take a look at this letter that peter wrote and find some inspiration as we head in and finish 2020 well and we head into 2021 peter was a close friend of jesus and he wrote a letter that circulated to local churches uh, this letter was written to encourage followers of jesus and don't miss this that hope in our true home empowers us to live jesus-centered lives in our temporary homes i'll say that again in case you're taking notes encourage followers of jesus that's what peter's doing he's encouraging followers of jesus that hope in our true home empowers us to live jesus-centered lives in our temporary home and this idea we're going to see each week that this big idea is going to pop up and whatever topic we really discuss and peter peter tackles this is still going to come up. There's this theme. There's this theme that we are preparing for this eternal home. So here's my ask as we jump into this series. There's, there's hoping that you do one of two things, or really two of two things. One, jump in and step in with Beyond the Message. This is something we do for about 10 minutes at the end of every message. We want you to hang out with us. We want you to talk about some questions about the message. Dig a little deeper into what we're talking about and that helps build community it helps you stay connected and it helps you grow in your relationship with god so the other thing that we're asking you to do is consider joining a group now our church we most of our adult groups are going through this series together so there's discussion questions after each week that are going to dive into it and allison has done an amazing job getting these questions together uh, she has done a great job with that and we call this more of like an alignment series where all of our groups or most of our groups are doing the same thing. Imagine the power that that has that all of us are going the same direction. It's a lot of, a lot of clarity, all right? And we are able to do some cool things. So Jenny and I, we are watching Friday Night Lights, which was a series uh, back in the late 2000s. And Jenny, this is the first time she's watching it, and this is, I've been watching this second go-around for me, and one of the things I love that Coach Taylor tells his boys is this. He says, look, and this is in halftime, this is maybe before a game or towards the end of a game, he says this, clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. 
clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Look, when we have clarity and we're all in, guys, we can't lose as a church. And this is what we want to do. We want to tackle this together as a church as we head and land 2020 and head into 2021. We want to work together. We want to be clear on what we believe and we want to be all in on what we believe. And we believe that we will move forward as a church. So I'll say it again. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Love that. Might use that in football this year. Hopefully we'll have it. All right, back to, back to this. How does this statement sit with you? There's more to this life. How does that statement that there's more to this life, how does that sit with you? Now, before you answer, allow me to provide some context and direction, uh, kind of where we're going this morning. So I didn't know this. I was never surveyed about this. And if you work for the U.S. Bureau of Labor, you can fill us in. But there, apparently, this U.S. Bureau of Labor, they provide the American Time Use Survey. I've never heard of that survey before, which measures the amount of time people spend doing life. So notice a couple things on the most recent survey. People spend about eight hours working a day. People ages 15 to 44 spend less than 10 minutes a day reading. That same group of people spend about three hours a day watching TV. Parents with kids under six spend about two hours a day providing care. Parents with kids between the ages of six and 17 spend about 45 minutes with their kids. And then people spend about 40 minutes each day socializing. Can I be honest, those, st- those stats, that survey seems pretty upside down. Either we lack purpose or we're just tired from trying to make this life as best as we can make it. I think for some of us, we are trying to make this life heaven and we are not doing a good, I mean, we are tired, we are exhausted. And I'm not sure how many of that, the, that, that survey fits in your day. But for me, I want to make sure I'm spending as much time with my girls as I possibly can. Because look, one day, this body will die. My soul will continue to live. So that's what we're going to try to figure out over the next uh, 15 minutes together. What does this look like that we are preparing for this eternal home? Look, guys, this life matters, but it's not the only life. This life is not ultimate so why are we making ultimate investments in this life? I mean, what are the things that you're spending your time, your energy, maybe even your money on? Now think about at times we, we fit or we justify our religion uh, on how we live. For some of us, we are not prepared that this life is prep for our eternal life. And Peter's going to help us see this, that this life, is prep for our eternal life. The entire story of the Bible is that God is renewing all things to himself. He is getting us back to what life was like in the Garden of Eden, a world without brokenness between God and humanity. And one day God is getting us back there, and he, he's actually getting us back there now. See, Jesus came so that he could take upon your sin and my sin. And then when we believe that we need a savior though and we accept that he took our place we are made right with god and so that renewing is beginning to happen when you and i become followers of jesus now here's the thing we can be so focused on this life that we miss out on how this life is prepped for our eternal life we get tunnel vision like we just 
wrapped up in seeing what only we want to see. Uh, growing up, I loved going through the tunnels on our way to Pittsburgh. So we grew up on a farm in central PA, and most of our family still lived over in the city in Pittsburgh. And so we would travel, and there was four tunnels on that four-hour trip back. <laughs> and as a kid, I loved going through the tunnels. I thought that was really cool. And so the radio would turn off, but my Game Boy would stay on. I thought that was really cool. But as an adult, I'm not a real big fan of tunnels. And here's why. Have you ever been stuck in a tunnel? Have you ever been stuck on the Pennsylvania Turnpike? Listen, if you're claustrophobic and you're in a tunnel on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, it's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. And so every time we we go or we come back, Man, I'm praying, God, please don't let us get stuck in a tunnel because it is a nightmare. And you're thinking, man, will I ever get out of this? Will I ever get out of it? I think for some of us, it's like we're in a nightmare. This pandemic, this global pandemic has wrecked your life. And you're frustrated and you're angry and you're bitter. And you're thinking, man, I'm stuck and I can't get out. I haven't found a job. I've lost my job. I have lost pay. School is just crazy. I don't know what to do. And you feel like you're stuck and you can't get out. Others of us, we're putting energy into things that won't last. And we have no energy left to give to the things that will last. Here are some of the things that are going to last. Being a friend who loves sacrificially and serves unselfishly. Raising our kids to know Jesus and hopefully they trust Jesus. It's investing our time and our energy and resources into the local church. Those are the things that will last. And if you're a follower of Jesus, man, I hope that you find some encouragement from Peter because he's a dude just like you and me. This is a guy that has has tendencies like you and I have. And we're going to be reading more about him in the weeks to come. But if you're not a follower of Jesus, man, my hope for you is that you would recognize that God wants to make things right with you. And he wants you to make things right with him. And so even right now, if you have any questions on what that looks like on making your relationship with God right, man, ask our hosts. Our hosts are standing by to help you walk you through what it looks like to make a decision to follow Jesus. So let's jump in. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And we'll get to know Peter throughout this letter, which was written well after the resurrection. Now, look, here's a couple things about Peter. Peter was a pretty smart guy, and he was a successful businessman. Now, he had a country accent because he was you know, from the northern uh, region of what was called Galilee. And so he had a country accent, but regardless, he was a pretty sharp guy. Think about it. He could read and write. He owned a company, which meant that he had employees. He owned boats. The third thing is that he owned a home big enough that his mother-in-law lived with them. By the world standards, I mean, he's making the most of this life. Then all of a sudden, he meets Jesus, and Jesus calls on him to follow him. And to Peter's credit, he does it. He leaves the business behind. He leaves it to someone else. And he begins following Jesus. And as he's following Jesus, he has some really good days. And he has some really bad days. I mean, on a good day, he's walking on water. On a bad day, 
he's being called the devil. Let's jump into that bad day. So Jesus is getting around and, and we're getting around about we're just getting around about Jesus and people are saying that Jesus is this Messiah. And the Messiah was this promised king that was going to come from the line of David and he was going to be a king and he was going to basically resurrect Israel back into a powerful nation. And the followers of the Messiah were going to roll and reign with him. So Jesus says, hey, who do you guys say that I am? Word get around that I'm Elijah or Moses, but who do you guys say that I am? And Peter steps up. He says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus affirms the statement. He's like, you're right, Peter. And Peter may be thinking, all right, man, this is the guy. I'm, I'm, he's the guy. I'm on his team. Life is going to be good. I'm going to roll and reign with this Messiah. Then Jesus actually goes into basically this story that he is going to die and then three days later rise from the dead. Now they missed the rise from the dead part and they couldn't believe that a Messiah from the line of David would actually die before he's ever into power that he's going to die. That made no sense. And so notice what Peter does. He took him aside and began to reprimand him. All right, so his day is already going to go bad because he's reprimanding the Son of God, reprimanding the Son of God for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. So Jesus turns to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. He's like, get behind me, devil. Peter missed it. Peter was so focused on this life that he couldn't see the next. Peter had expectations of a Messiah that would defeat Rome with a sword. And he'd rule and reign with this Messiah. Think about it. He's a business person who made a calculated risk to follow Jesus. He believed this Jesus was the Messiah. and He was going to rule and reign with him. But after the resurrection, don't miss this, Peter recognized that the Messiah didn't come with a sword, but as a sacrifice. Jesus was central to God renewing all things. So instead of God renewing the earth and the heavens, no, he starts off by renewing our relationship with him. See, the new earth and the new heavens are for us to enjoy in that renewed relationship with him. This is us. Maybe this is us. We have expectations of Jesus for this life that are different than his invitation to us, which is follow me. We have expectations of Jesus for this life that are different than his invitation to us. I think for some of us, we think life should play out a certain way. We think our prayers should be answered our way. We have tunnel vision. And look, I'm guilty as anyone on this. And part of this is my personality being a one on the Enneagram. I, man, things got to be perfect. And, and I struggle with this. And God has reminded me, man, I'm renewing all things. You're so focused at times with, with this body, with this life, this, this earth. Listen, this earth is going to be renewed one day. Your body is going to die. And there is going to be a new body for you one day, but your soul is going to live further. Focus on your soul. Focus on building and, 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 and deepening your faith. That's one of the things that I'm learning, even as a professional Christian. 
the beautiful thing is that God is renewing us. God renewing us is a small picture of God renewing all things. So Peter continues. He says, I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Like writing a letter back then was a really, really big deal. I mean, imagine living in a time where the, when, when the only way you're going to communicate to someone is, is to find someone after you write the letter, you're going to find someone that is going to either walk or get on an animal and go somewhere and deliver the letter. It was a very complicated process. It was a very hard process. And it shows you how much Peter wanted this letter to get to them, how much he cared for the people that he was writing to. And he uses the term, he uses the term foreigners. And this term is something throughout the letter. This is a term that Paul uses as well, another uh, writer in the, in the New Testament. And what this term implies is that followers of Jesus, you and I, we are citizens of heaven and not permanent residents on earth. Most likely their minds and hearts, the people he was writing to, they were focused on God renewing the heavens and the earth. And there being a new Jerusalem, they were looking for that new city of God where all things would be made new. I mean, Jesus said it perfectly when he's talking about his followers. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Peter continues, he says, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. We've, we've said this before, man. You were on God's mind from the start. You were on God's mind from the start. Sometimes we miss this. And, and look, Peter's struggle with quote-unquote racism, as we define it today, through the first 10 years of the church as he focused on converting Jews, he had tunnel vision. I mean, it took God giving Peter a dream to help him understand that the gospel was for everyone. It wasn't just for the Jews. It was for everyone. And this group of people that he's writing to is made up of Jews and Gentiles who have been unified under Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jews would say or consider themselves they were God's chosen people, in which they were. Yet Peter is now using that language to refer to anyone who believes in Jesus, whether they're a Jew or a Gentile. And his spirit has made you holy. God's spirit is, is a gift to us, is given to you, given to me when we believe. He makes us different. We begin to value the things that God values. We begin to respect the thing that the things that God respects. We begin to love the things that God loves. And that is going to look different. That is going to look weird to culture. So he lands the plane. He says, as a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. And we'll begin to find out why this quote-unquote wish, I mean, lack for a better word, this wish of God that this group of people would have more and more grace and peace. And we're going to understand why that was so important in the weeks to come. Peter understood grace, and he understood peace better than, than anyone. And this is a guy who denied Jesus publicly. Can we be, can we be honest here? I mean, that's, that's just a notch above betraying him, selling him out for 30 pieces of silver. And then God, Jesus, uses him, and in a 10-minute sermon, 3,000 people become followers of Jesus. 
And he's this great leader in the church. So he understood grace. He under, also understood peace. This is a guy who quit for a few days until he saw a risen Jesus. He had so much peace about the next life that he was willing to die publicly upside down on a Roman cross. Man, for some of us, this is our prayer. God, I need more and more grace and peace. For us, I think for some of you, this pandemic has, has just wrecked you. You're saying, God, I, 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 just need, I just need peace. I want peace from worry. I, I need grace. I need to know that you got me. I, I need to know that you got my back. I, I just need, I need to feel you. I need to know that you're with me. For others of us, man, as we head into election season, we're, God, give me, give me grace as I deal with the conservatives or give me grace as I deal with the liberals. Give me grace as I deal with those who don't even know what they believe. I get that. Others of us, man, we need peace as we continue to follow his spirit in this life. For others of us, we need grace. We need strength to say no to the things that, that won't matter in the next life. And I'm praying that some of us, we find peace if we're not sure, if we're not ready for the next life. So here's what I'm asking all of us to do. I'm asking us to pray that prayer right now. Would you join me? God, Heavenly Father, we need more and more grace and we need more and more peace. Because God, we are heading into, it seems, blindly into 2021 with so many things that we don't know about, we are asking for your grace and we are asking for your peace. And we know that you will deliver on that just as you delivered to those Christians that Peter was writing to. Father, help us to rely on you. Help us to trust you. Help us to recognize and see that this life is prepped for the next life, that this body is going to die out one day. This earth is going to burn up one day and be renovated into a brand new earth. And then we get new bodies if we believe in Jesus. Father, help us to recognize that, that this life is prepped for the next. In Jesus' name, amen.